Welcome to On the House, a podcast focusing on home ownership and the home buying process. On the House is brought to you by the Texas State Affordable Housing Corporation, otherwise known as TSHAC, a nonprofit that provides down payment assistance to help make home buying easier and more affordable. I'm Janelle Levesque. And I'm Sarah Eleanor. And I'm Frank Duplachin. And, and together, together, we make up the home ownership team at TSHAC and your host for the On the House podcast. Hello, and welcome to On the House. This segment is focused on ensuring a home and preparing for a home loan closing, which are some of the last steps of the home buying process. I'm Frank Duplachan, TSHAC's Home Ownership Program Specialist, and your host for today's segment. And joining us today is an expert on helping home buyers through the closing process, Molly Lawson. Molly is a TSHAC participating top lender and a valued member of our Lender Advisory Council. Molly has been a loan officer for over 15 years, is an expert on Texas Down Payment Assistance Programs, not just TSHAC, and was awarded the Best Loan Officer in 2019 by D Magazine and Mortgage Executive Magazine's Top 1% Loan Officer Award with also $30 million plus a year in mortgage transactions. Wow, that's, that's incredible. Thank you for being here with us today, Molly. Thank you for having me. And, and you know, as a recent home buyer, I can attest to how important understanding the closing process can be. First time home buyers especially need help understanding, protecting their investment, and understanding closing terms. And Molly, let's start off with the importance of protecting a valuable asset like your home. I understand that having insurance on a home is a requirement when you get a mortgage and you have no choice whether or not you want it. Trust me. I tried everything to lower my payment, and there was no way they were going to let me get out of there without without having insurance. And there are so many options for providers and deductibles. So can you please talk a little bit about the importance of insuring your home and and how people can maybe better navigate the process? Sure, absolutely. Having homeowner's insurance is something that all homeowners should definitely have, even if they don't have a mortgage. You need to protect the asset that you have. You need to protect yourself in the event of flood or fire or, or theft. Uh, you always want to make sure that you have the insurance so that if you need to rebuild, you have the ability to do so. Well, well thank you for that. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we all have seen situations, and we'll talk about that, where people need to rebuild and, you know, you need insurance to be there. And while doing my own research, I saw a lot of options for different type of property coverage types. So what type of insurances are out there and why would someone need them? Sure, absolutely. There are many types of uh, insurance that are out there. Um, One of the types is called dwelling insurance. And when we do a loan, the amount of insurance you're required to have is the minimum replacement cost of your home. And there are multiple deductibles for each insurance plan. And the higher the deductible, the lower your payment will be. Most homeowners will choose uh, the 2% deductible because it is generally the most cost-effective. Some people uh, will go with the 1% deductible, even though it's a little bit more expensive um, because it provides uh, provides them a lower deductible should they actually need to uh, use the actual insurance. Um, Another type of uh, insurance that's out there are for detached structures. And the detached structure insurance covers... um, all things that can be added to your home policy. 
Um, as an example, I had a, a customer who owns a home in Galveston, and many of them have golf carts, and they are covered through their detached structured uh, insurance. She sheds um, also are something that can be covered <laughs> with detached structured policies, and that coverage um, may also be included as part of your homeowner policy if it's not specifically listed out. So please don't forget to notify your agent um, if you do have something like a sea shed or a golf cart or something that's not physically attached to the property, it is something that could be um, included in your homeowner's insurance policy. It's not always included, so it's always good to double check. So just to, just to clarify, if I went to Home Depot and I bought one of the sheds at Home Depot and wanted to put it in my backyard, I need to call my insurance company to let them know I purchased one? Yes, I would most definitely recommend that because if you don't notify your insurance company that you've purchased something that's detached from your actual home um, and something were to happen to that, the insurance company is not likely to cover it should something happen to it. Well, thank you. That's that's very good to know. And uh, thank you for explaining that. So now that we know about the most common coverage types, I'd like to ask about flood insurance, especially after you just mentioned Galveston. So I've personally gone through several hurricanes and flooding disasters in my life, and I witnessed how it can devastate a community. And in my past life as a banker in Louisiana, I was always heartbroken when someone came in to ask for a loan after a disaster because they found out the hard way that they may have had the wrong type of insurance or the wrong insurance coverage. So please talk to us a little bit about flood insurance and uh, should a home buyer get flood insurance coverage if they're not even in the flood zone? Sure. So flood insurance is a type of property insurance um, that covers a home for losses sustained by water damage, specifically due to flooding. Okay. Okay. And and regarding if I'm not in a flood zone, should I still need to get flood insurance if I'm not in a flood zone, you think? I always say that a homeowner should always add flood insurance to their policy. Um, and, and if you're not in a flood, flood zone, flood insurance is usually relatively inexpensive and, and worth it. Peace of mind is definitely an important thing. Um, and people living in unexpected flood areas of a 100-year floodplain has definitely been occurring. And your insurance agent or lender would be able to access what flood zone you're located in and be able to tell you, you know, what should be a reasonable flood insurance policy. It's crazy you say that with that 100 year floodplain. You hear that. I don't know why it felt like in the last couple of years you heard it more often. Um, places flooding that that normally didn't ha didn't usually flood that often. But is there anything that you could see flood insurance not covering that could cause any issues? Sure. Um, most people don't realize that flood insurance, it does not cover uh, damage that's caused by either moisture or mildew, mold, and it also does not cover wind damage. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. I think I've heard that before with the needing a, a specific rider or a specific wind insurance. Um, and you, you mentioned policy deductibles earlier, and that's a subject that I definitely struggle to understand to this day, whether it's homeowner's insurance, even my personal health insurance. Can you please kind of elaborate on what a deductible is and why it's important to choose a certain deductible that works for you? Sure, absolutely. So a deductible is the amount of money that a home buyer will pay out of their pocket before the insurance will start to cover the amount of their loss. And most homeowners are given the choice between deductibles ranging from one to 5%. 
And then having a 1% uh, a deductible means that 1% of your home's value and damages before insurance will cover the rest. And as I mentioned, your insurance premium payment is connected to your plan's deductible. So your annual premium is higher with a 1% deductible and lower with a 5% deductible. Oh, okay. That that makes sense, the difference in those monthly payments. That, that definitely makes sense. So thank you for going over that and, and the decisions that a home buyer may make along the way of choosing which insurance plan they want to go with. Um, so let's transition into the next step of closing, which is your final walkthrough and getting ready to review those closing documents. So what is a final walkthrough? Why is it important? And what are some of the tips or tricks that you can give someone to help them out with that? A walkthrough is a great opportunity to uh, discover any uh, potential uh, damage that must be repaired on uh, your home under contract. Um, it's also important, especially if an inspection done and repairs were, were needed. You want to make sure that those repairs that you requested to be completed um, are done prior to you going to the closing table. Yes, I, I definitely agree with that. You don't want to move in and find out the, the plumbing is still leaking and was never fixed. So what's some good advice you can give people? Absolutely. Well, homebuyers um, must check to make sure that the home repairs are completed to their satisfaction. They should also uh, see that the home was left in a clean and working condition and everything that is included in the contract is included in the home. I'd recommend um, when you're writing your contract, you may list in your contract that you want the home cleaned by a professional cleaning company. Oh, wow. um, that way that ensures the home is, is uh, left in move-in uh, condition for you. And I also recommend that a home buyer, they should uh, bring a final walkthrough checklist. Some things that you should have on your checklist would be to uh, verifying the final repairs if it's done, check for all items that um, are included in this sale. So if there's anything that you listed that you wanted in addition to the actual property itself, make sure all those items are there. Um, I would definitely uh, carefully inspect the plumbing and the bathrooms, make sure nothing's leaking. Inspecting uh, the kitchen, um, uh, in addition to the kitchen, obviously all the appliances, you want to make sure they're all working in proper proper order. Uh, I would turn on uh, the heat and air conditioning units and test to make sure that it's heating and cooling properly. And I would do uh, an inspection of the outdoor faucets and the exterior of home. Make sure that there's not any cracks that have taken place um, since you initially viewed the property. I would turn on all the outdoor faucets, make sure that they're all um, providing water like they should, for sure. That's that's actually something I'm glad you said that. You, you said two things that I definitely personally missed. I, I didn't check the faucets and there was a hose attached to one of the faucets to hide the fact that there was a leak, a pretty bad leak that I had to get fixed when I moved in, as well as I Nobody had a dryer in the home, so I wasn't able to test the, the dryer exhaust system, and the dryer exhaust system needed to be repaired as well. So that's just a couple things to remind people to look at when they're actually going through their checklist. So thank you for that. So after someone has done their walkthrough and they've decided that they're insuring their home and they're going with it, can you tell us about what happens at the closing table and what someone can expect to see on those closing disclosures when they get all those documents? So home buyers that they will get piles and piles of closing documents and information, and I find people see it all as overwhelming. One of the most important documents given 
is the final closing disclosure or the CD as most lenders will refer to it as. Okay. The uh, home buyer should uh, be prepared to get their CD a minimum of three days before closing. Usually this preliminary uh, closing disclosure does not have any credits that may be due to you. However, the final closing disclosure will have all the correct credits. Once the title company has received the issued, the final CD, the lender will then balance with the title company to make sure all fees and credits are correct on your behalf. And your lender should email you to confirm that everything is correct to explain anything you may have questions about. And then your CD will have um, some important information within it. These are things that you want to pay close attention to because they're the most important parts of the big package of paperwork they're going to give you. Okay. On the first page, it talks about the terms, the payment, and the cash to close, meaning the bottom line is located at the bottom of the first page. From the bottom of the first page, it will tell you exactly how much you're to need at your uh, closing. Um, and you will need to either wire your funds to the title company or you will need to get a cashier's check for that amount. Each title company is different. On page two, uh, you will have a breakdown of the closing costs and any prepaid items. Prepaid items are your prepaid property taxes and homeowner's insurance. Every title company is a little bit different, and seller concessions will be placed onto the seller side, where other title companies will place your seller concessions and credit on a lump sum on page number three of the closing disclosure. Okay. So, okay. so, so any credits for earnest money or option money, and you will also see an owner's title credit for any credit about the property. I try to make sure this page is understood because all the credits in the bottom line is on this page. So remember, page number three is the page that you should see all credits that are due to you for your earnest money, option money, and any title policy credits that are due to you. You will see these also um, all on page number three under the buyer side. Okay, so Molly, on, on page three, if you were in a down payment assistance program, would that be where you would see the money from a down payment assistance program usually? Yes, if you're receiving any sort of down payment assistance, this is also where you would see that credit would be on page three on the buyer side. Yes. And then we'll move on to page number four. Page number four, this includes your escrow and payment information. So page number four is a complete breakdown of your payment, the principal and interest, your property taxes, your homeowner's insurance, any applicable flood insurance, and it'll also have any applicable HOA dues. So all your payment information is gonna be located on page number four of the closing disclosure. Okay. And then on page five, it shows uh, a home buyer the amortization schedule, which shows the amortized interest amount and the total loan cost over the life of the loan. So your lender's goal should be for a home buyer to spend no more money than what they properly prepared for in the beginning. So if your lender disclosed to you everything, how it should have been initially, there should not be any adjustments to the closing disclosure. And if there are, they should be very, very minimal. It's good that you say that because going through the process, I was a little freaked out myself when you get one CD that says you owe X amount, and then they say, hey, wait a minute, that's just preliminary. There's a final one coming. And then you kind of get that sigh of relief when I got the final CD. And that number was much less than the first number I saw as, as far as what cash I needed to bring to the table to close on the loan. Thank you for going through this. And as someone who's been in banking, 
after you stop seeing these daily and every day, you kind of fall out of the habit of knowing to what to expect. And with that giant stack of paper they put on the table when it's time to close, it's easy to just sign every page and just want to get out there and get your keys. But but I, I, I really appreciate you breaking down the important parts of what you're looking for and ensuring your home and, and actually breaking down what you're looking for in each page of the CD. So, so hopefully more home buyers will actually go through that. So, so thank you again, Molly, for joining us today and sharing your knowledge on the closing process. And I really do appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to help. This wraps up our podcast series on the steps to purchasing a home. And we hope you found the information useful on your journey to home ownership. For more information or a recap of these episodes, please visit our website at tsahc.org. And stay tuned as we dive further into what it means to be a homeowner in the next installment of T-Shacks on the House Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a wonderful day.